thank you so much for tuning in. Well-being begins with a commitment to integrity that incorporates the mind, body, and spirit. We strive to cultivate holistic approaches to beauty, health, and inner peace by keeping a pulse on the interconnectedness of the mind and body, the self and other, and the individual's impact on the planet. We want to help readers make informed choices about diet, self-care, and attention so that we can all tap into a sense of enlivenment that is our birthright. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about body positivity. Body positivity is a large part of maintaining our mental and our physical health and it fits perfectly into our mission. In order to authentically live a life that pleases you the most and helps you achieve your full potential, we have to treat our bodies as the vessels that carry us to these goals. And if we don't appreciate these vessels, we'll always be held back. And this episode will cover topics such as where body positivity came from, why it matters, and how we can incorporate it into our daily lives. And then we'll also give you some tips to do the same. My name is Sasha, and I'm a marketing team lead at PeerTreeU. I'm excited to speak about body positivity because I've only just now started dealing with my own body image issues and learning more about how I can accept myself and others. And I want to share what I've learned as well as open the discussion so that I can grow from others and myself. My name is Mallory. I'm also a marketing lead and a staff writer at PeerTreeU. I'm really interested in body positivity because I've struggled with my own body image for many years. And this movement has really helped me embrace the things about myself that I previously perceived as flaws. I also want to educate others on why body positivity directly connects with intersectional feminism, because in the sense, true body positivity advocates for all bodies, no matter gender, size, ethnicity, or ability. And like Sasha, I want to grow in my own journey as well. So it makes the most sense to begin with the history of body positivity So it has its roots that can be traced back many years, actually. One of the most prominent moments of body positivity occurred in the 1960s. So American author Lou Lauterbach published an article titled, More People Should Be Fat, and that was in 1967. This article outlined the judgment that people endure because of their bodies. He then partnered with Bill Fabry to publish a book called Fat Power. From there on, the NAFA was established, or the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. Also, Connie Sobjack and Elizabeth Scott founded The Body Positive in 1996. So this shows that body positivity is not entirely a new concept that arose with social media. And interestingly, the term was sometimes used by AIDS organizations to support people who contracted HIV. So it's important to know this history just so we know that body positivity is not anything new, but it's something that has definitely come to light with the use of social media expanding every day. Okay, so now we're going to talk about some common misconceptions about body positivity. And I'd say one of the biggest ones that people get confused about is the idea that body positivity promotes unhealthy lifestyles. And the reason that this can get confusing is because what people don't understand is that body positivity and health are two very different things. The body positivity movement deals solely with body image, but health involves a ton of different factors like physical health, mental health, spiritual health, sexual health, and so on. And all of those are impossible to determine just from looking at someone's body. So the main problem is that health is often confused with weight. We make assumptions about someone's diet or level of exercise based on their physical appearance, though weight is often misleading. Yeah, and so body positivity, because of that, has often been limited to plus-size people. So body positivity, while that's great, it's important for women and men and everyone in between of all weights, races, abilities, sizes, everything, because nobody deserves to be shamed for their body looking a certain way. 
But unfortunately, body positivity might appear more common in the plus size community. Um, when a plus size person, you know, publicly loves their body, it is often perceived as scandalous. Everyone feels like they should vocalize their opinion. Suddenly, everyone becomes a doctor and is talking about their health and their weight. If you go to, you know, Lizzo's Instagram, you'll find thousands of comments telling her that she's disgusting or she needs to wear more clothes just because she's plus size. But you won't find any comments like that under, you know, a models page such as Kendall Jenner. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing a video of Lizzo once where she was working out at the gym and she was talking about how she has like an entire routine because she works on her body to make it look the way that she wants it to look. And her body is the way she wants it to look. Mm -hmm. And that was something that kind of struck me because as someone who basically never goes to the gym, but (laughs) weighs less than Lizzo, I never really considered that like, wow. Um, there really, it really is no indication of like how active you are just looking Mm -hmm. at somebody's weight. Yeah. It's also really interesting because you'll look at, you know, professional weightlifters, not bodybuilders, but actual weightlifters and they're huge. Like they're so buff and big, but they don't have that sculpted muscle that you see at bodybuilding competitions. So if you look at, you know, strongman competitions, it's all men that you would think, oh, that guy's overweight. He's probably not healthy, but yet they're lifting incredible amounts of weight. Yeah. So I'd agree. I don't think, I think it's definitely wrong that we are judging people's health just based on outer appearance. Totally. And Another big misconception with body positivity is the idea that everybody needs to love every part of their body 24-7. And the reason that that can be problematic is because it's nearly impossible to fully accept every part of your body every second of the day. You know, that can be really exhausting, especially because our bodies change every day. We might have a big meal or we might be bloated after that, or we might be wearing more flattering clothes that make us look better. Or we might just feel differently, even though we look the exact same. And all of that can be really hard to keep up with. So it's important to remember that even if negative thoughts occur, you have to have a strong, solid foundational appreciation for your body and everything it does for you, because it really is incredible. No matter how it looks, your body does so much for you. And if you just think about like all of the functions it performs every single day, everything that every way that you're able to move and everything you can do with it, just appreciating that no matter how you think it may look is also just really important in remembering how amazing your body is. For me, something that I always try to practice when I'm thinking of things like that is appreciation for everything that our bodies do. Because there are definitely times, especially like if we're thinking of women, like if you're around, you know, menstruation time, your body changes a lot. And then all of a sudden you're thinking different things about different parts of your body. And yet your body is going through this incredible process that we rarely appreciate or give our bodies credit for. Right, exactly. It's just like, you know, like your body can be your best friend. And sometimes you can get mad at your friend for doing something that you don't appreciate but um, you always love them at the end of the day. So sometimes if you're feeling down on your body, that doesn't mean that you have to hate yourself or that you hate your body. It doesn't have to be that bad. You just having that foundational appreciation for it and love for it can get you so much farther than you might think. Mm -hmm. And with that said, during times when you're experiencing negative thoughts about your body, it might be difficult to keep those thoughts away. 
But if you ever notice something about someone else's body that you might not like, just like instinctively, it is never acceptable to bring that up because you can't always control what you might think, but you can always control what you say or type and bringing down other people on the basis of their body should never be something that anybody is concerned with. Yeah, exactly. And I think a big thing is people always say, oh, we should leave that to doctors and health professionals, which is definitely true. But then there's the whole issue of fat phobia in the medical world as well. So truly the only person that is going to know your body and what you're feeling is you. So if you feel as if your doctor is saying, oh, this is because of your weight, but you think it's something else, it's really important to have that first of all written down in your appointment and then maybe even try to find a different doctor that will not contribute everything to your weight. Because at the end of the day, doctors are people and they will come with their own implicit bias. So in order to connect with our audience a little bit more, we want to share some of our own experiences with body positivity and our successes and struggles. And maybe you can connect to some of them yourself and then we can give you some tips on what we found to be successful or not so successful when you were dealing with any sort of issues. Great. So I can start with mine. I didn't really experience any like really bad body image issues until my first year of college because I went, I was coming from a high school that had a very strict dress code. Like we were not allowed to wear shorts. We couldn't wear like spaghetti string tops, anything like that. No kind of crop tops or midges have to be covered at all times. So I didn't have a lot of experience really like seeing less of my body. And then I went out to school in California and obviously it's hot. So I was wearing (laughs) shorts and crop tops. Every time I went to the beach, I wear like bathing suits, but all mine were like, they didn't like fit really well because I like, I just didn't do a lot of shopping really. I hadn't really updated my closet. So I suddenly just started feeling really uncomfortable in my own body. And I was also comparing myself a lot to girls who, you know, like college age girls like me, but they just seemed so much more like confident and they were wearing the right things. I'm from the South. Like there's a different kind of style. And I just felt like weird and like, not like I was in the right place. And that was the first time that I started actually like thinking about my body in a critical way. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm honestly pretty lucky that it like took so long for me because I know a lot of girls are struggling with it from very young ages now, but um, it still hit like really hard. And um, I'm still struggling with it today. Like ever since then, there've been times when I'll look at my thighs or something and I'll be like, wait, I didn't really notice that before. And it just feels so weird and foreign basically. Yeah. But um, I'm gradually getting used to it. And I also have a lot of on and off days. Like some days I'll be like, I love my body. This is awesome. I look great. And then other days, like the next day, I'll be like, wow, my thighs are horrible. What's up with that? Uh, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I have had many experiences that have caused me challenges with my body. I don't want to say issues because they're more challenges. Um, My main sport in high school was volleyball. And 
in the volleyball world, at least the one that I was involved in, um, most of the girls looked rather the same. You know, it was tall. A lot of them were conventionally thin. Um, and that just wasn't me. I am, I'm relatively tall, but I'm definitely not a conventionally thin person. Um, and that is because of the other sport I do, which is equestrian. So that's riding horses. And if you know anything about riding horses, it's all about lower body. It's all about that building that muscle. And so I've always had really big, really strong legs. Um, but for me, those big, strong legs were very different to all the other girls on my team. And so for me, where that started was, you know, I was looking at the sizes of uniforms that other girls were ordering and I had to order a different size. And so I immediately felt alienated. And then I was wondering, well, why can't I just, you know, slim down to those girls' sizes, but my body isn't built like that. That's just not me. Right. Um, so that was kind of where a lot of that started. I ended up quitting volleyball largely because of that. Um, and I just didn't feel comfortable like going out on the court and playing my best because I was so worried about, you know, oh, my spandex are really tight and my uniform is like going to ride up when I go up to, you know, spike or something like that. So right. it took like a lot of training my mind to not think like that and instead focus on what my body can do. So I quit volleyball um, and I really, really started focusing on horse riding instead. Um, and I found that it just was a lot nicer to my body. It made me feel a lot better. It made me feel a lot stronger. Um, and yeah, ever since then, I it's been a constant journey, a constant struggle like Sasha. I definitely have my up days and my down days. Um, but being with other people that tend to have the same problems as me, especially horse riders. We're like, yeah, our, our butts are really big. <laughs> our thighs are really big. And like all my leggings are see-through. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's nice because instead of, you know, feeling down about it, we can laugh about it and we can be appreciative that, you know, we can get on a 1,200-pound animal <laughs> and yeah. um, control it. So, yeah, it's been a struggle, but it's also been such a good learning experience Um you know, exposing myself to different bodies instead of that stereotypical volleyball athlete body, which again, nothing is wrong with that. It just wasn't me. Yeah. That's something that's helped me a lot too. Cause I went to UCLA, which is a giant school and there's so much of everything there. Like, so everybody looks different. There's so many mm -hmm. kinds of bodies and being in that kind of environment where I see beautiful people looking like, like, what am I trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> gods and goddesses <laughs> yeah or I'll see beautiful people looking nothing like the next one mm -hmm. and it helps me realize that there isn't just one way of looking good there isn't just one way of being gorgeous mm -hmm. and that's helped me a lot just like meeting other people and seeing other people who I really look up to who have bodies that look like mine bodies that look absolutely nothing like mine mm -hmm. and noticing like their beauty helps a lot with kind of reflecting on myself and being like, well, if I can think that of them, then why can't I just think that of myself? Exactly. And that's such a big mental block. I think it's so easy for us men and women and non-binary folk just to look at someone else. And it's so easy for us to see the positives, right. um, unless you're trying to be negative, which you shouldn't. But <laughs> I feel like I can look at someone on the street and be like, oh my God, I love their hair or even just their outfit. And then 
you know, you walk past your reflection and you're like, what is going on with my face today? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I feel like we're so quick to beat ourselves up, but we're so willing to lift others up. And that's such a strange phenomenon psychologically. Yeah, definitely. I totally get that. I will see, like, as I've said, one of my biggest problems are my thighs, but I will see another woman with bigger thighs and think that she looks so gorgeous and like so (laughs) powerful. And I'm like, I want to look like that. And then I look at (laughs) myself. And then I look at myself and I like hate that part of myself. And I'm like, wait, why? Like, where's the cutoff? Where's the difference? Exactly. Yeah. It's strange because I think like, especially when you're going, and this is a very American point of view, I should point out that we're both American, but um, in fashion and in shopping and especially in advertising, it's very unusual to see, you know, the advertising that is meant for bodies that don't fit the stereotypical fashion body, which is again, you know, taller, thinner, um, and you know, not big thighs. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like I find myself shopping for jeans and it's like, okay, I need to find something that fits my legs and my waist, also my calves. And this is like a very stressful experience Yeah, definitely. because I could be, you know, a size 30 in one pair of jeans and I'm like, okay, that's my size. Then I buy a size 30 in another pair and I'm like, well, now these are huge. And then I'll buy another size 30 and another brand. I'm like, well, now I can't even get these on. And it's definitely, there's definitely a systematic problem with fashion and how that relates to body image, I think. Right, for sure. And a a problem with advertising that I've encountered is that a lot of the time I'll see something, especially like with online shopping on a model and I'll be like, wow, she looks so good in that. Hopefully I can look like that. And so I'll buy something. And then when I put it on, I obviously look nothing like the model because they're two different people. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is nothing like I expected. And yep. I'm returning this. Exactly. So it's just like setting so many unrealistic expectations of not only because they have like, like not only in the sense that these models have conventionally perfect bodies or anything, but just that they are not us. So we're not going to look like them, even if we have the same body type or whatever. So we get this idea in our heads. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting to see plus sized fashion or what's advertised as plus sized fashion versus what they would call, you know, normal or petite fashion. Because every time I'm looking on you know, a website and you're scrolling through and you'll see something that's advertised as plus sized. And a lot of the times it's either A, really ugly or (laughs) B, it's very like covering of the plus size model's body. So when I'm looking, you know, um, the other day I was looking for kind of a cinched, um, not super cropped, but like a little crop top is a very specific search. (laughs) Um, I was trying to replace a shirt that I had, uh, ruined <laughs> so I'm looking for this shirt and um I'm a medium to a large to an extra large depending on what I'm looking for right every time I was looking for this you know cinched cropped shirt it was a smaller model um definitely wearing you know it was a size small size extra small and then the plus size models um were a very conventionally like attractive plus size. So they had the hourglass shape still, um, still a flat stomach. Like if I saw them on the street, I would not think plus sized at all. 
And then when there's an, you know, an actually plus size model used, maybe one that doesn't have the hourglass figure, you know, that one will not be wearing the crop top. That one's going to be wearing, you know, a hoodie or something else. And of course that's generalizing, like not every brand does it, but it's definitely a trend that I've seen. Yeah. And a big part of advertising and marketing is social media and social media has a profound effect on modern day body image issues and the body positivity movement. So we wanted to talk a bit about how that might affect your perception of it. Yeah, and since social media offers such a large platform for so many different things, it can become really easy to not only compare our bodies to other people, but even, you know, our art, our photography, anything we create, it becomes kind of intrinsically competitive, even though it should be appreciative. Yeah, it can be so hard to like remember as we're scrolling through our feeds that, I mean, we might be subconsciously or even consciously comparing ourselves to other people when they're all just posting the best parts of their lives. And Mm -hmm. everything that we see is something that they've very specifically chosen to make public. And um, this comparison is the enemy of body positivity because it always implies that one body is better than another or like some art is better than another or one life is better than another, which is never the case because the whole point of body positivity is that every body should be celebrated for what it is. Yeah. And I think that's like something that I've definitely run into is even if I want to work out, you know, a certain day or do like a physical fitness exercise, it's never really with the intent to change my body. It's with the intent to feel better on that specific day. And so what I've noticed a lot on social media is body positivity can be infiltrated by these, you know, hashtags of, you know, fitspo or fitspiration, thinspiration. And then it becomes warped because body positivity is becoming about weight loss. And I completely think that weight loss can be a personal goal as long as you're doing it in a healthy and sustainable way. But I don't think... I don't think that fitspiration and thinspiration can truly be incorporated into the body positivity movement unless that issue is acknowledged by, you know, the fitness gurus that are posting. Right, exactly. Yeah, it becomes a very fine line between like working towards a better body that like for you, something that you think you can achieve and you want to achieve and you have Mm -hmm. the time and energy to put towards it Mm -hmm. versus doing something just because you've gotten like pressured into it by the media Mm -hmm. or because you're trying to follow trends or something like that. It's very hard to decide or to understand really why you want to work out or start eating a certain way. Exactly. And at the end of the day, like you just got to, Like you, of course, as you said, you can always do those things. You can work out, you can be vegan, you can do whatever you want, but that shouldn't be with the ultimate intention of completely changing yourself. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into a point of, you know, how can you support yourself in that journey? And I think it's really important to bring up that like, you don't need to support yourself and it's almost impossible to, and it's, that's where I really think and I advocate for finding a group of people or at least one other person that is going through something similar as you or that can be your cheerleader through this. 
and can maybe, you know, bring you back to earth sometimes when, you know, maybe they could say like, Hey, I noticed you're exercising a lot lately. Um, like, how is that making you feel? Do you feel like you have to do it to be happy or, um, are you doing it because, you know, you're genuinely having fun? And so I think with body positivity, like, since it's a community movement, we really need to encourage that community. It can even be like your mom or, you know, your brother. It could be anyone that you want, as long as you know that they will support you and, you know, check you if you need it. Yeah, right. And that's why like this community that you're talking about, that is how social media can also play a very positive impact on one's body image because it can help you find that community if you don't have it in your family or with your friends. You just have to follow the right people and you need to create a feed that is healthy for you that Mm -hmm. isn't going to put you down and um, where you can see yourself and other people and communicate with other people and help support each other. And that's how social media can help us. I think that really kind of plays into the message that we're trying to accomplish, especially as marketing team leads at Pure True You, because our team is full of different types of people. And so what's kind of nice is that we have, you know, voices from our own teams are saying, hey, maybe you should post something like this, or I didn't really like that post. Let's maybe not do something like that again. And then we can diversify our feed and make sure that, you know, not just Sasha and Mallory's opinion, but everyone's opinion. And hopefully we can kind of take that sample and apply it to, you know, the general population. Exactly. Yes. As people who are posting on social media and who have a say in what goes onto the internet and what influences people, it's really important that we not only like step back and continually like internalize what we're putting out there, but also get the opinions of other people. And that's why we have teams. That's why we have this community at Pure True You. And that's why we're trying to create a community for other people who follow us too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of that, we might as well give ourselves a little plug and say, (laughs) follow us on Instagram at the pure true you. Um, Our Instagram is public. It's not private. Um, And we have a really interesting thing that we're doing right now where we will do a different focus every week. So for example, about two weeks ago, we did a focus on mindfulness, meditation, and yoga. And then um, this week, we're really focusing on body positivity, hence our podcast and health during quarantine. And what's awesome is we also have our staff writers and other team members that create articles for our blog. And if you find a post that you really enjoy, you can go read an article about it on our blog and just learn even more about anything you want to learn about regarding holistic health, spirituality, beauty, etc. Right, exactly. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. The next step we'd like you to take is opening up the same conversation to your friends and family. We also want you guys to search for social media accounts that make you feel good instead of making you feel like you need to change something about yourself. There's no shame in unfollowing an account that brings negativity to your mindset. We also want you to check your biases with your own body and others' bodies and constantly be making sure that you are being kind to yourself. That is the number one message we want you to take away from this podcast. Definitely. And stay tuned for our next episode, which will be all about thrifting and secondhand fashion. That will be published next week. 
Thank you. Thank you.